Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to run simple. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run. There, I said it. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I have an opening quote from Barb Nyland, N-I-L-A-N-G. She is the CFO of Huntington Ingalls Industries. Listen to this. She says, and I quote, My best financial advice is to surround yourself with the right team and ensure continuous communication with each other. You must provide leadership, but you also have to give your team authority and accountability. It takes the entire team to be successful. So I'm looking at a couple of key words in here. Uh, The right team, of course, continuous communication, of course, and give them authority and accountability. That is the backbone of what we're going to be talking about today. Our topic here on financial excellence is strategic finance magic sauce. Everybody loves magic sauce. Change management and (laughs) communication. So let me tell you a little bit more. Enabling finance organizations to be a more strategic partner to the business. And let me stop there because we talk about that all the time here on Financial Excellence. And I have to do a shout out to our global audience. You have made this series one of our most popular out of 40 Game Changers series. That's right, 4-0. This is always in the top three. So in order for finance to be a more strategic partner to the business, you have to move away from the same old, same old, same old, same old. You have to move away from from repetitive, error-prone manual tasks and looking in the rearview mirror at what already happened. How do you do this? It's easy. There are new technologies available, as you all know, for managing your processes, continuous processes, continuous reporting in real time. That's right, not the rearview mirror, what is happening right now. And How do you put this all together with regards to Barb Nyland's quote? You need a change management process. You need constant communication and you need to support each member of your finance team toward their success as part of the team. That's what we're talking about today. That's the magic sauce beyond technology. It's the communications and the change management strategy. So that's what we're talking about today. I have a panel of three experts. We just got our third expert on board. We're so happy. And let me tell you who they are before you hear from them. We have some phenomenal, fabulous, exciting opening quotes. Wait till you hear these. We're going to be talking in a few minutes to our returning panelist, Julian Delvat, D-E-L-V-A-T. He is the SAP S4 HANA practice lead at TrueQua. We've had him and other members of TrueQua, T-R-U-Q-U-A, on the show before. Welcoming back Julian. And joining him is a newcomer, Professor Dr. Kai Reinhardt, Professor of Business Administration, Digital Organization and Human Resources. That's a big title, Kai, at the HTW Berlin. We'll find out what he does. And rounding out the panel, another newcomer, Peter T. Rasper, R-A-S-P-E-R, COO of the Finance Board area at SAP. So thank you to my three very busy panelists for taking time out to join me. Let's see what the quotes are. Julian Delvada, Truqua, has sent us a quote from a song called Union, 
by the Black Eyed Peas featuring Sting. I just like the idea of your sending me a quote from a song sung by Sting, Julian, so I was intrigued. Here is the, uh, let me read a little bit of the lyrics. Um, the lyrics, it starts out with one for all, one for all, it's all, it's all for one. Let's start a union, calling every human, it's one for all and all for one. Let's live in unison, calling every citizen, it's one for all and all for one. And here's the line that Julian is quoting. I'd change the world if I could change my mind. And Julian, just bear with me. I want to read verse two, which is where that line comes in. Mm-hmm. Got, okay, got no time for grand philosophy. I barely keep my head above the tide. I got this mortgage, got three kids at school. What you're saying is the truth, but really troubles me inside. I'd change the world if I could change my mind, if I could live beyond my fears, exchanging unity for all my insecurity exchanging laughter for my tears. Julian, I, I love this song. <laughs> Thank you. How are you, Julian Delvat? How have you been? I'm doing just fine. Excited to be back on the show. We're delighted to have you. Your, your, uh, your line is a little bit shaky there, but we're going to see if we can get you a little more solid. So talk to me. Are you a big fan of the Black Eyed Peas, of Sting, or do you just love the song? Go ahead. Well, I do love both of them, but usually we do, uh, we do like the and tell me something can you sing a verse from this for me or you're not going to sing on the radio today <laughs> I could try I can't <laughs> so it's not that bad I guess but uh, yeah I think we should definitely pay more attention to the lyrics it's pretty cool um, so yeah I think it was pretty relevant for the topic right it is. And you know what, Julian? Your line is really, really shaky, and your voice is coming in and out, and I want to hear what you've got. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask you to hang up and call right back, and Aaron will take the call, and I'll put you right back on. But I'm going to move on. We're going to hold that thought. I'm going to move on to Kai's quote. Kai Reinhardt, Professor of Business Administration, Digital Organization, and HR at the HTW Berlin, has sent us a quote from Douglas Adams, the author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And the book has been, I believe it's been made into a movie. It's a comedy science fiction series, and it's referred to as H22G. It's referred to as HHGTTG or H2G2, whatever you want to say. Okay, we have Julian back. Okay. Let's get Julian yes. back and see if we have a better. better. Hi. Talk to me. Is it better? Oh, my goodness. Be still my heart. Yes. Kai, just hang tight. I'm going to finish up with <laughs> Julian here. So, Julian, now do you want to sing the verse for us? Can you try? <laughs> I'll try again. I changed the word if I could change my mind. Beautiful. So I'm not Beautiful. Singing, I hope it's that was- That was lovely. I'll take it. I don't know Sting, but I know you. You're my rock star now. So now talk to me about how we're talking about change management. We're talking about communication and making finance more strategic, supporting the members of the team, being a better partner to the business, doing things in real time, continuous processes. How does this quote, and I love the quote, how does this apply to our topic? Well, I think it, it's two things. The first one is part of that song that tries to make, you know, the unison, so trying to work every, um, as a team. And, and that's obvious when we do those changes or significant, you know, transformation in our companies. But I think the first thing is that we need to start with ourselves and start, you know, changing the way we see things to make sure that they do change, right? Uh, be the change you want to see in the world is, is another quote that could have applied here. Um, but uh, so that's that's why I think it it really starts from us to have the impact we need to have on the on the company. 
Thank you very much. And and changing my mind, this is part of change management, isn't it, Julian? This is part of instilling the concept of what you're trying to do into each of the team members. I know that's what we're going to be talking about. That's what's top of mind for you and the other panelists. So you really need to say to them, we're going in a new direction and we need everybody on board, understanding your role, understanding the tools, moving the company forward, moving finance forward as a team, and you each matter. Is that the message? That's absolutely the message. And yeah, absolutely. Taking things differently, having a vision for where you want to go, and uh, and making sure everybody's on board with the project and, and making sure everybody individually understands what's, what's, where we're going and how it works for them. Thank you very much. And I'm going to move on now. Kai, you've been very patient with me. I'm sorry about that. We had a little stop start there with Julian. Kai Reinhardt has sent us a quote, as I said, from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. And uh, I was saying that originally the guide was a radio comedy broadcast on BBC Radio 4 all the way back in 1978, later adapted to other formats, including stage shows, novels, comic books, a 1981 TV series, a 1984 video game, and a 2005 feature film. And here is the quote. 42, said deep thought, with infinite majesty and calm. We have a quote from Travis. We'll get this show started. We have a quote from Travis. A Scottish rock band formed in Glasgow in 1990, composed of Fran Healy, Dougie Payne, Andy Dunlop, and Neil Primrose. The band's name comes from the Harry Dean Stanton character Travis Henderson from the film Paris, Texas. And the song that we are quoting here, I have the lyrics, Peter. Uh, The song was from the album The Man Who, released in 1999 in the rock genre. And it was nominated for the Brit Award for British Single. And the line you're quoting is, Why does it always rain on me? Julian, do you want to comment on on any of... Any of these quotes? Do you know anything about Deep Thought and 42 and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Of the book, I think the other thing I remember from the book is that if, in case you need to travel to the galaxy, you need to keep your uh, towel handy. So always travel with a towel. That's the other conclusion I got from the book. Thank you very much. And do you want to talk about, uh, I'm going to pull you in here until we get the other ones back. The other quote was, why does it always rain on me from Travis? Do you know the Scottish rock band? I don't know the Scottish rock band. Uh, I guess I'm not uh, close enough to the Scottish uh, scene. Uh, but it uh, reminds me of uh, uh, the Asterix comic book when the uh, the singer sings, it always rains on him. So, uh, But uh, <laughs> I think it's, it's um, the second um, quote is interesting in terms of, you know, change management. I always think the bad, the bad thing, uh, I always think they're, uh, you know, what happens bad to you as opposed to seeing the big picture is not raining everywhere all the time, maybe except if you're a Scottish rock band. Okay, I tell you what we're going to do. Julian, it's just you and me, kid, as they say, uh, and what we're going to do is I'm going to go mm-hmm. through and do the normal format with just us, and if we get them back, we'll get them back. Aaron is typing to me in the chat here. So let's talk to you, Julian Delvet. Yes, he's trying to get them back. We're trying to get back Professor Dr. Kai Reinhardt at HTW Berlin and trying to get back Peter Rasper at SAP. So what we're going to do, Julian, is let's do the three questions I always ask, and then we'll just go through 
for your notes and we'll have a good conversation. So what we're going to do, Julian, is first of all, where are you today? Number two, what's your favorite drink in the whole wide world that powers you? Peter is back. So let's just do this with you and then we'll we'll get Peter on, talk about his quote. And Julian, what's new with you at TrueQuest? So you talk to me. Excellent. Well, so I'm exceptionally working from home in Miami, and it, it, it's pretty sunny and hot and humid as usual here. Been traveling quite a bit for conferences lately, so I'm pretty happy to be home. Um, now, in terms of my cup, uh, I don't know if you remember on last show we talked about champagne, and uh, I'm kind of now mad for uh, this new sparkling water, uh, La Croix. Uh, and you see, I have it here. It comes with all those funky flavors, and it has kind of changed the way people see sparkling water, I guess, at least in the U.S., so find this pretty exciting. Um, and then related to what's going on, at actually, we have uh, a book coming up this week at SAP Press, um, which is the Central Finance and Escojana, and uh, so we're pretty excited about having that serious book coming up and helping, you know, people looking at Central Finance. Thank you very much. And you know what? We have Peter Rasper back. Peter, just say hello. We want to hear your voice, Hi. please. Hi. Yes, hello. Hello, he- Hello. Glad. I hope the line stays solid this time. Peter, I'd love to have you... I'd love to have you talk about your opening quote from Travis, Why Does It Always Rain On Me? Can you relate that to our topic, please? Yes, yes, I can. Uh, I, I like to um, have uh, kind of pictures of songs, uh, yeah, which... Uh, which which paint a situation, yeah, and therefore I could have used video field the radio star for for your show, but uh, and you see it didn't didn't come through, yeah. So it wasn't from the eighties the song, uh, and but this song is a little bit uh, younger, but it it reveals a little bit. Uh, 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 the notion about change, yeah, because it. Okay, so we have that quote. Julian, it's just you and me, kid. As long as we last, we'll do what we have to. So, Julian, you're a trooper, and yes, okay. And Kai dropped. I'm trying to tell Birgit we are not calling them back. Okay, good. So, Julian Delvat, you're on. You're solid. Let's do this. So let's just talk about this. Changes in perception. I'm just going to go through your notes and let's talk about it. It's a big topic. And I'm going to reference some of the discussion statements that came from the other panelists. And we'll talk about them instead of a roundtable. Just you and me. We have uh, 40 minutes left. We're just going to do this because I want our listeners to know this is an important topic. Change management and communication as finance strives to become a more strategic partner to the business. So, Julian, let's go through your notes. The first one you said is changes in perception will come from changes in our behavior. Why don't you tell me, explain that. Absolutely, yeah. So I think the idea here is that um, finance has operated quite a bit as a support function. So trying to help, you know, the business and make sure that um, we follow the guides and we're not, you know, ending up in prison because we didn't find things correctly. (laughs) So it has been kind of an operations mode for a long time. Um, but um, as we go into first automation of those operations, making sure, you know, accounting is done more or less automatically now with new and intelligent solutions, um, that dedicates um, time and, and knowledge for that function to change and retransform into kind of an internal consultant uh, function. And from there, we could really uh, become, as we as a finance function, become... Uh, the drivers of change and not just, you know, the recipient of change down the road once it's already, you know, decided and, and said and done. 
So I think we have to reinvent our profession as finance experts and, and you know, move from just operations into, um, into really being yeah, the artisan of change of the drivers of it. Thank you very much. Rumor has it that Peter Rasper is back. Peter, should we give it one more try? Do we have Peter? Uh, what I just heard. So I love this quote because I'm from finance too, as you know. Yeah, and uh, I think we, we need to be the transformation agent of a company because we are in the heart of it as finance organization. We have to develop it into this. Yeah, and therefore, I couldn't agree more. Thank you very much. And do you, are you talking about what Julian just said? Changes in perception will come from changes in our behavior, right? Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad. And Peter, we still would love to have you talk about your quote at the beginning of the show. Why does it always okay. rain on me? Let's give it one more time. Exactly. This is, this is about my bad connection, probably, so I could, could uh, say it rains on me uh, today. But it's, it's, it's not, because I think it's, at the end of the day, uh, and it, it relates as well back to this call, you need to be better prepared, maybe. Yeah? So, and, uh, so I would have, should have done this maybe from the office so that it, the connection is better. Because I think this song is about uh, uh, not being self-pity and uh, be active yeah, and, and uh, you, uh, use, be prepared as well. Because um, uh, we have a saying in the northern part of Germany where you say, not the weather is bad, but the clothing. Yeah, and therefore, you need to be prepared for change and for something unexpected to happen. And I like this song to put in, mir- in the mirror for if, if somebody complains and is a little bit whiny and say, hey, guys, guys, have this song, they laugh and smile, and then uh, the situation uh, is differently reflected. Therefore, I like this song. Thank you very much. Do you want, can you sing a little bit of it for us, Peter? Why does it always rain on me? <laughs> I love it. I, I have to tell you and Julian that six weeks ago I started drum lessons. I'm learning the drums, and I might have yes, yeah, seriously. I think now, yeah. You sing, you just, so maybe we'll have to get together, the three of us, and the two of you will sing, and I will play the drums. And uh, Birgit is on the line, Birgit Starmans. Let's bring her on, Erin. She's a, one of the sponsors of the series. Birgit, join us. I'm here with Julian Delvet at Truqua and Peter T. Rasper at SAP. How are you, Birgit Starmans? Say hello. I am doing well. How are you, Bonnie? <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you for jumping in. We're having a little problem with our phone lines, but we have such an important topic today. Birgit, just remind everybody, just give us a little bit, what's your role at SAP and what's your thought on our topic today? Our topic is strategic finance, the magic sauce, change management and communication. Talk to me about this just a little bit, Birgit. Go ahead. Okay, sure thing. So um, I'm a senior director with SAP, and I'm part of the Center of Excellence for Finance and Risk. So basically means I get to go do go to market for the cool new solutions that we have. But uh, right now for change management, when we talk about a lot of the new solutions that are coming out and technology, it basically means that um, from a finance perspective, it's really a change management issue because you can't take very transactional manual processes and just put them in front of um, kind of a predictive analytical tool um, without having them trained up in those new skill sets. So that was really the idea behind the topic for for today's today's radio show is that we need to retrain and we need to do a lot of communication because a lot of folks are very resistant to change. So that's, um, it's not just a technology conversation. It's a really... 
It's a people conversation. And, and Birgit, I noticed in, in the abstract you sent me for this show that I used to set up my monologue. You mentioned that you can't just thrust technology at somebody who's used to doing it the same old, same old, same old way. You can't just say, here are the new tools. We're going to be strategic. You've got to get on board. Yada, yada, yada. Don't worry. Your job is secure. Just get with the process. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. Start using the tools. And we're going to do everything in real time and continuously yada, yada. And they're going to, what are they going to say back to you, Birgit, without training? and change management. They're going to say, OMG, seriously, right? Exactly, exactly. I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to continue to do it the same old way. So even though we might put new technology in place, if they don't know how to use it, if they're not trained up on it, and if they don't understand the why, I think the why is a really important part of the conversation. Instead of just, okay, we're going to change these things, but to really let everyone know the reason behind those changes. I think that's really key. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go around the table and see if everybody agrees with what Birgit just said. Julian, agree or disagree? Absolutely. You know, the why is definitely uh, something that, that's very important. Why, why are we even moving? Um, and it's not, it's not just about technology. In a lot of cases, technology is maybe 10 or 20%. There, there will be hiccups, but we can always solve them. But if people are not adopting and don't understand why we change, it's just not going to happen, or at least not have the benefits we were looking for. Um, but one of the things I would like to add to actually the previous quote was, uh, I like the fact that, yes, preparation is important, but uh, I like the fact that you added actually a little bit of fun in there. Yes, it, you know, we, we're moving towards a new direction, and it might be challenging, at least questioning a lot of things, but if we could put a little fun in there, uh, why not, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Peter, talk to me. You agree or disagree? Yes. No, I completely agree. And I think you, you need to create an excitement instead of uh, anxiety. And that's, that's the important piece. With humor on the one side, but as well uh, with, with what's in for me, what, what, why sh- should I use it, the why is really important. Yeah? And, and give me a direction. Yeah? So, so what, what does it lead to? And where is my future? And therefore, I think you have to in, in do it. It's not just a tool question. It, it's much, much more. It's about your... You're staying impactful, yeah, and 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 creating that more value for the company and and for yourself, yeah. So it's it's this excitement uh, which you need to combine with the why. Thank you very much. I like the idea of excitement. That's Birgit, we were talking a moment ago. It's not just technology. It's the people side. Excitement is good. And that's why I had Julian and Peter singing. Birgit, do you have any favorite song lyrics you want to sing for us on the show just to make it a, 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 a three-part harmony here? Anything you want to sing? Um, Birgit? I'm just coming off laryngitis, so I'm not sure you want to hear my voice right now. We won't uh, have you sing. You can um, dance for us, though. Birgit is a beautiful, competitive dancer. Birgit, I did didn't get an opening quote from you because you weren't on the original cast of the show. But do you have a special quote you want to share with us? Anything you want to share from a previous show? I, I, I was just trying to Google something very quickly. <laughs> because as, as, as you know, um, Albert Einstein is from my hometown in Germany. Um, so I usually quote him and I don't have anything at the top of, top of mind right now. Um, but I, I will... This has been attributed to him, and this is probably not going to be um, word for word true, but basically the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over, expecting different results. <laughs> I think there that's you very go. appropriate here, because uh, yeah, as we're going through a change management process, we don't want folks to do the same thing over and over and over. Um, yeah, and 
and expect different results. So basically, we need to have that change management process in place. We need to have those communication processes in place. And uh, yeah, I, I won't sing right now. I, I'll spare you that. I'll do that next time. <laughs> there you go. It's it's a date. So what we need to do now is we're going to go around to Peter Rasper. We're just going to take a little bit of time to do the usual. Peter, three questions. Number one, where are you calling from? Or where, are we, where do we keep calling you? Number two, what's your favorite drink in the whole wide world that makes you, I'm looking at your picture, Peter Rasper. You have a wonderful smile. So what makes you smile so happily? Your favorite drink. And number three, a little bit about what you do on the finance board area of SAP. So Peter Rasper, it's all yours. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, and I'm sitting here uh, in, in, uh, in my uh, house and looking into the trees. So in, in Waldorf, close to Waldorf in Germany. And uh, my favorite uh, drink is a cold wheat beer uh, in the beer garden uh, and, uh, during a clear summer night and and playing cards a little bit. That's uh, what, what, what I, I like to do. And, and, and chat and network and connect. I think that, that's an important piece. Connect uh, mentally and connect with humor, connect uh, uh, with just not talking. Yeah? So that's, that's uh, for me important. And I'm at SAP responsible for the so-called global finance infrastructure. There are shared services in global procurement is in or global facility. I'm responsible for a lot of hygiene factors in uh, at SAP. So uh, if somebody if something does not work, it's, it's probably me. So uh, that's uh, about me. Thank you very much, Birgit. Maybe too. Go ahead, and Birgit. Talk to me. What's your favorite drink? Where are you today? Uh, I'm calling in from the West Coast, as usual. So um, you know, I'm the one that's always creating uh, challenges in terms of time zones because we're nine hours different from Germany. So um, I'm usually up pretty early. Uh, my favorite drink, which I can't have until the evening now, is actually champagne. I, I love a good sparkling wine. I like it when it's very dry. So, um, you know, I think uh, <laughs> after all the technical issues that we've had this morning, um, that will be this evening's drink of choice. Um, yeah, it is something that I like. I know I'm not supposed to call it champagne if it doesn't come from the champagne region That's of right. France. So I'll, I'll just call it sparkling wine right now would be my absolute favorite. And other than that, I would say um, tea. I've I've actually gotten off of ta- coffee and I'm doing a lot of tea these days. So, uh, you know, kind of different flavors that we have. Um, you know, for example, from you know some of those coffee companies like Starbucks, they have a line that has a lot of different flavors, which I really. You have a favorite sparkling wine. We'd love a brand from you, Birgit. Um, you know, this is going to sound very cheap, but uh, um, I love the Corbel Natural. Um, because the natural actually is made with Pinot Noir grapes. So it's very dry. It's um, not one of the more expensive wines, but it is definitely um, one of my favorites because of that little twist that the Pinot Noir grapes give it. That, that would be my absolute favorite. Thank you very much. And as Birgit knows, I, you know, I just did a show an hour ago. I didn't talk about my favorite drink. That's interesting. I guess we were we had so much to talk about. <laughs> I drink water. Um, this is Julian remembers, and Peter, you don't know me very well. They don't let me anywhere near, and they is the corporate. They don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days. And Tuesday is uh, almost back-to-back two live shows day. So I'm having cool, clear water in a cool, clear mug here in Durham, North Carolina. We did emerge unscathed this part of North Carolina from Hurricane Florence a week and a half ago, but we went through all the preparations and waited and waited and waited. A lot of wind, a lot of rain, a lot of 
scares. We had some tornado scares last week. Woke up last Monday morning a week ago, and there was a tornado climbing over downtown Durham, and the weather people were watching it block by block, circling its progress on a weather map on TV, which was interesting. So, no, we, we managed other parts of the state. We're not so lucky, and we send them our, our warmest regards for a full recovery. So, you know what? We're not going to take a break here because we've lost some time in the beginning of the show. I'm just going to start. We started already with some notes here from Julian Delvat. Juliet, let me uh, start with one more of your notes here, and then I will pick one from Peter. And Birgit, we can refer to Kai's notes for you because we have plenty of information here. So Juliet says, uh, let's see now. Um, oh, I love this one. Julian told me before the show, quote, get this, everybody. Finance is seen as the place where projects go to die. Julian. You seriously want to talk about this on the radio? Talk to me. Tell me. <laughs> well, if we don't see a little bit of controversy, it's not really fun, right? But it is. It is seen in a lot of places. I mean, we usually hear on this uh, on this show come from the finance uh, department or, or side of the house. Um, but if you talk to the other sides of the house, you, you can hear some of those quotes. Yeah, if you want a project to be killed, just talk to finance, right? Yeah. They're going to tell you, you know, what's not going to work, why it's too expensive, why it's not going to give you the return you're expecting. And, and if you really just want, you know, a new machine or a new system, you have to go through all those finance hoops and things like that. So, uh, so, so finance has been a lot of time since uh, as a gatekeeper and saying more, more for no than yes. Uh, and I think we definitely need to change that. Uh, and actually almost become the enabler of projects and prioritization of projects. Um, and, and there's now new creative ways you could do um, to, to really change the way we're um, uh, evaluating processes. The first one is, well, what's the process around evaluation of projects? Is that how do we um, evaluate the hard things like, you know, reduction in cost, but also the soft things like, um, you know, happiness, customer satisfaction, mm-hmm. uh, quality, and those things. And, and we can also now find electronic teams, especially in the software industry now, with you know, you can converting your capital expense, uh, like we used to do, like buying hardware or, or software licenses, and you can rent them and then move that into operational expense. So, you know, the move from CapEx to OpEx. So that's definitely something now we could do a lot easier than in the past. And you can find, you know, creative ways. And if we don't do this, what's going to happen is we have um, a shadow IT organization is happening quite a bit where, you know, people at director level have enough buying power to rent solutions and and they're outside of the control of of IT and finance. So, um, yes, think, try to change the way we're thinking. And, And coming back to the first quote, not be the gatekeeper, but be the enabler of, um, of projects. Thank you very much, Julian. I'd love to get Peter's thoughts on what Julian just shared. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, I, I disagree with uh, the initial quote, but uh, I would say, yes, we need to be more pragmatic in a certain sense. The 80-20 rule, uh, applying the 80-20 rules, uh, decisions have to be somehow rational, but they need to be looked in a holistic and integrated way, which we partly do already. And so that uh, and. Uh, we, uh, in our organization, we have created this role transformation agent. Yeah? So we have the business partner, yeah, which, which more or less uh, talks about the, the, the business itself, but then we have the transformation agent as a, as a generic role as well. 
which puts the, the higher uh, piece of the company in, in, into the equation. And, uh, and therefore, then we support as well different views on this. Yeah? And therefore, we uh, see ourselves in, even more as an enabler than a gatekeeper. We have to be the gatekeeper somehow as well. We are in this twin role, in this helix role, uh, but uh, uh, it's both what we are playing. And, even, and, and, and the third role is anyhow the steward, yeah, which, which we have to play. So it's all these three roles which we play, and we have to do it in a balanced way. But gatekeeper, sometimes, yes. Thank you. Birgit, is finance where everything goes to die? Seriously? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's actually kind of drastic <laughs> to say this is where projects go to die. Um, but you know, I think there's there's definitely a point to that because I think um, you know, historically finance has been a bit more backward looking and now we're trying to get finance to be more forward looking. So that's definitely a change. Um, one thing, I, a piece of experience I'd like to share back from my consulting days, um, my finance teams actually usually hated me because I said, you know, let's make the operational aspect easier and mm-hmm. let's not have the production pieces um, jump through hoops just so we can get better reporting. So but basically that puts a bit more of an onus on finance um, to do things more on the back end. Yeah, but at the same time, yeah, a company's core competency is not typically going to be finance. Finance has to be done, and finance can be more strategic. But um, let's not make the operational side jump through hoops um, just so we can get better reporting. That makes Thank sense you very you. much. <clears throat> Thank you. Anybody want to agree or disagree with Birgit? I thought I heard somebody in the background. Anyone? Julian, Peter, you all good? No, I think it's right. I think the, op- the operational yeah, side is, is just, that's the process, and uh, there's much more, and, uh, and that's what finance can bring to the table, uh, and, and therefore I would tend to say we are on, on a good way to, to, to play all roles in, in, at the same time. Yeah. Thank you. Peter, I'm looking at your notes. You sent me some revised statements just this morning, and I, I want to talk about the first one here. We're talking about the importance of change management, but the question is, does one size fit all? And the answer is, heck no. You say change needs to be tailored to regional, departmental, personal needs. No one size fits all. If you just do the corporate cruise missile actions, I want you to tell me what that is. It sounds fantastical. It does not work. Peter, tell us more, please. Yeah, this cruise missile is, a, is a just an analogy for, for these uh, uh, headquarter requests, which are which are just coming out of the blue uh, into into the organizations and and then create some damage there. Yeah, and that's that's my analogy for for this kind of stuff. But I think uh, for for me it's important uh, that uh, you not just send uh, or have a, a global program sending out something and then think this is change management or whatever. So so you need to. Uh, really have a, a deep, deep analysis, a big impact analysis, as we call it, you know, by role, by person, uh, and, and define what, you, what area is more impacted, what is less impacted, and then engage as well with change managers, which we take. We have these kind of change agents, we call them, on, an, on, a, on the ground, uh, which know much more about the specifics of the country, of the region, of the situation where they're in, so that these things can be and more adapted to the needs which are on, on premise. Yeah. But it's so important to do the, the, the tough groundwork before. So it's a structured approach, uh, very diligent, understanding, really uh, segment the people who is heavily impacted and helping them uh, to overcome this with a, with a tailored program where they see as well their future. Yeah. So I think that's another topic which is, which is so crucial. 
that they see the benefit for them and, and uh, the future. So what, what can we offer as, as an organization, as a company for them if things are changing? Thank you very much. I'm going to keep moving around the table in the same direction. Birgit, you want to comment on what Peter just shared? I thought it was important, the different levels of change management. I completely agree with that. Um, there are definitely different levels of change management, so I hardly concur um, with, with what Peter said. Um, you know, there are top level, there are bottom level. If we, if we look at finance organizations, we've got different levels of responsibility, and there's change management at every single level of those. So we can't really ignore any of them. We can't assume you know, somebody at a high level completely understands immediately, um, although they're, they're going to be the ones that have to cascade down um, what those changes are and the reasons behind them. So I agree that there are definitely different levels. Um, yeah, there's very um, at the bottom level, and there's a more strategic, why are we doing this at the top level? And there are several layers in between. So I completely agree with that. Thank you. Let's circle around to Julian Delvada Truqua. Julian, what do you think? All of those levels appropriate? No, uh- there, there are yeah, there are at least three levels: uh, strategic, tactical, and operational. And they definitely need to look at things very differently. So we we do that a lot with you know um, you know business cases and trying to make sure um, it, it's understood from multiple angles. Uh, I might want to add though, try to make sure that you don't end up in analysis paralysis. You know where people just take forever for mm-hmm. two years just to analyze: should we go to this solution and this other one? And at the end of the day, it's, it's first going to spend everybody's time and, and not moving. Um, and at the end of the day, it's kind of counterproductive, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything? I agree. It has to be fast. It has to be a fast one, but it's, it's structured. I think that's the point. Yeah, so well, don't, Pe- don't Peter, how do, you, how do you make it fast, Peter? How do you make it fast? With a kind of... Uh, one side, you have one global person which is really driving this. So we have these, and, and they use these change agent network, uh, which under which which who is which are involved very early in an in, in early stage that we know that this is coming. They are informed, and then they already feedback what's happening on the ground. And then we use a tailored approach, uh, these kind of impact analysis, segmentation. It's it's a, a template approach more or less. Yeah, so it's it's very structured. It needs some work for sure, but it's relatively easy. And it, it can be rolled out uh, very fast. Thank you very much. Good, good around the table. Let's see. We've got we've got time for more. Birgit, I'm looking at Kai's notes, and there was something very interesting here. Kai, by the way, at HTW Berlin, professor of business administration, digital organization, and, and HR. And he's talking in his notes about a study they did. And, and I'm just going to read something from the last one of his notes that looks provocative to me. Let's see, Birgit, if, if you want to address this. You say, he says, the key will be CFO 4. Oh, in our study he did at HTW Berlin, we identified three new areas a CFO must master. Number one, becoming a business architect to support the business units. Number two, becoming a KI, I think he meant AI evangelist. I'm going to change that to AI. AI evangelist, yes, to, to break down structures and functions. And C, becoming a transformation predator by radically restructuring legacy systems. Birgit, can you talk about some of this with us? Um, yeah, I think I can. So, uh, yeah, and I have actually, it's, it's in German, it's going to be translated very soon. Um, basically, um, 
it goes back to being more strategic, especially that first point, um, you know, becoming more of a business architect. So finance just doesn't look at the numbers anymore, but they need to really understand the function of the entire organization um, and what's important to the organization, what's important to the company, what is their core competence. So it's not just looking at the numbers, but really truly understanding the mission of the company so that they can better advise. Um, the whole idea of becoming an um, AI evangelist, well, with artificial um, I think a lot of team members, when they hear about you know, machine learning or artificial intelligence, they're worried about being replaced. And mm-hmm. so I think that's part of the communication change management process that they need to really trickle down the message saying, okay, well, yeah, we're automating things. It's to make your life easier. It's not to replace you. So there are several studies out there also um, you know, from some other organizations that talk about, you know, up to 70% of processes can be, uh, can be automated, but that doesn't mean that we're going to be getting rid of, uh, of our finance teams. It just means that we need to retrain them. But that really needs to be part of the communication and the understanding that we're not trying to replace you, we're trying to make your life easier, and then we're going to retrain you. And that's a big part of the communication process. And uh, back in my consulting days, we were not allowed to use the word best practices at one particular client because mm-hmm. in the past they had used the word best practices and they laid off half their finance team. That's oh, not what we're trying my. to do here. We're trying to we couldn't use those words. It was it was a little crazy because we always talked about, well, you know, the best practice in your industry is X, Y, Z, but we could not use those words. Um, but that's not what we're trying to do here. We're trying to um, automate things, make things more efficient so that, you know, the CF, CFO can evangelize um, becoming a business architect and really supporting other areas of the business. Thank you. And, and Birgit, you know, it comes to mind on many of our shows, we talk about AI, we talk about machine learning, we talk about chatbots and robots, and that's what people are mostly afraid of. You just introduced the idea. I've never heard of anybody being afraid of best practices. That is a revelation. We've, we've never had anybody say that on Game Changers. I want to go around the table and, and see if Julian agrees with all of that. Julian, anything you want to add? Then we'll come to Peter. Julian, go ahead. Yeah, I could definitely relate to the best practice cars that we've seen. And actually, I would even go further where we had the issue of trying to introduce next practice, which is a different way of doing things. So let's say now we want to introduce AI for invoice matching. And then people are like, well, you know, that's not how that's not how we've done it, which is the current practice. This is not what other people in the in the industry are doing. Um uh, this is next practice, right? So <laughs> uh, it's it's also how to uh, to adapt uh, and uh, adopt and adapt uh, because there's no references, nobody else is doing it. So uh, that's also where where the fear comes in, and that's where the change management has to come in and say, okay, you uh, need to replace people, or is it to augment um, their capabilities? Uh, one of the examples that we, we're doing machine learning at one of our projects right now, where we're going to use machine learning to apply a baseline of uh, planning and forecasting so that the analyst can focus on doing more iterations of, of the forecasting process. So that's adding a lot more value by removing the menial task of just collecting data, right? So, um, mm. uh, so I think that's, that's what we need to take into account. Thank you very much. Peter, I hear you in the background. Talk to me about those four points about CFO 4.0. What do you like? What do you not like about that concept? Yeah, I think we we definitely need to to convey the message message that we in finance need to scale and and to be faster and and, and much more automated. And 
that we need to, to enable uh, the agility of uh, the company yeah, by, by freeing up capacities so that we can take, take over new business models, can, can handle them in a, maybe in a manual way in the beginning or, or in, a, in, a, in a different way. So it's, for me, it's important that we are playing this kind of transformation uh, um, architect or um, a predator, whatever, yeah, so that, that we are really moving the needle in terms of helping the company to be agile and to meet faster to adapt to new business models, yeah, and that we are as well the digital evangelists. I would not say AI. AI is just one topic, yeah, and it's a little overrated at the moment, I would say, but it's, it's, it's about uh, uh, well, the other technologies um, like blockchain around, around them, which will definitely change the world and will definitely change how we work, but it's for the better yeah, because we have a much more time and capacity to, to really support the business in, in the exactly enabling way like we just discussed. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Uh, we're almost up to our predictions round. We call it the crystal ball. Birgit, I'm going to ask, since you put this topic together, I, I think we've covered a lot. We had a couple of a couple of blips in our phone reception today, but I think we've covered a lot. Anything you want to add, Birgit, uh, that's important for our listeners to know? And I do want to tell you, Birgit, at the beginning of the show, I did a shout-out to our global listeners who make this one of our top three, top five most popular series. Birgit, I, I can't believe it. Finance excellence, financial excellence is always in our top five most popular series month in, month out for years now. So I know the audience is there and they are just just soaking up all of this information. So we know it's very important. Birgit, anything you want to add to this topic about the importance, the value of change management and the very human concept of communication within the finance team, encouraging, supporting, training, moving forward, getting used to the new technology and their role in that upskilling, all that good stuff. Birgit, any thoughts? Um, yeah, I think in, in general, I, I do actually one of the most popular shows. Um, yeah, I think in the past, uh, finance was also in terms of communication was basically generating a lot of reports. And yeah, again, back in my consulting days, um, yeah, I, I would always ask the question, what decision are you making based on the information in this report? Because a lot of times we would get, well, we've always had this report. Well, are you actually looking at it? Are you actually using the information there? Um, and I think as we get more into the real-time aspect of having it's a different kind of communication. It's not just sending out reports. It's a different kind of communication where finance is now getting more interactive with different departments, be it operations, be it procurement, be it HR, um, you know, any of those. So I think finance has a lot to bring to the table. Um, also, not to bring up that whole topic of millennials, but I would say that you know, <laughs> folks going into the finance function right now, um, they're much more tech savvy than, than they yes. used to Yes. And in, in a way, Birgit, you dropped off for just a second. I was going to say, in a way, the millennials who, who are digital natives who cut their teeth and grew up on, on the digital world, they don't know analog from anything. They, they don't know that world. They don't know the world most of us know. Um, they are bringing change, right? They're bringing change to the profession because of who they are. Once they're hired and they're in, they're demanding change. Am I right? I, I completely agree with that, and, and they're less afraid of change because they've grown up with it. They've grown up with technology. So yeah, someone who's been in finance for 40 years um, is definitely more resistant to change versus millennials. Yes. They're very used to having new apps at their fingertips all the time. So that's definitely a different mindset. 
Thank you very much. Birgit, I'm going to circle around to Julia Del- Julian Delvat, who is, I know, more than ready for our crystal ball predictions round. Julian, I can give you 60 seconds. Tell me what you see coming up or down the pike, depending on where you are right now, as far as CFO 4.0, as far as the strategic abilities of finance to be a real steward to the business. Julian, 60 seconds. Go ahead. So I'm, I'm I'm looking at the uh, you know cycle of hype of, of how new technologies are expected to do a lot of things and then they go through the drought of despair and then go into mainstream. I can see that for me, um, machine learning and AI are are here today. I mean the capabilities exist in software and they will come. So the question is, are you going to adopt them or reject them? And organizations at some point will go there, if only just to you know have the new generation come in and not leave because they hate the system, uh, which I've seen. Um, however, I think the blockchain part is not uh, is not yet there or only in very specific smaller industries. So I think those new technologies may not all have the same impact and, and on, on organizations like finance. Thank you very much, Peter T. Rasper, sir. Talk to me. What do you think? I can give you uh, 90 seconds. Peter, you get 90 wow. seconds because you missed part of the show. I'm giving you a little extra time. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Bonnie. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> I'm very convinced that the change will continue in, in, in getting even faster. That's, that's for sure. And the technology will really help us to scale as well in, in our companies because on the one side, we are getting uh, more complex. We are getting more diverse. We are getting more in the, in the, in the more more. Uh, uh, diverse in, in, in the companies and we need to really support the business uh, big time better yeah? and therefore the technology will really help us to uh, uh, focus on the right stuff yeah? and we need to rethink the way we work I think that's important in finance uh, we need to to create maybe playgrounds for technology so that people can play around this and, and test it from a, from a grassroots point of view interested people are interested in a kind of laboratory whatever so that we can really accelerate the adoption of the new, new technology and not let them crunched by the big uh, IT whatever project uh, machinery, uh, which will probably kill a lot of these things because it takes too long. Therefore, we need to go more agile, more hand-in-hand with IT uh, to really move fast in, in these new AI, blockchain, robotics, whatever you call it, uh, these tech technologies. And therefore, I see that the future is bright for finance, Definitely, it's important that we uh, use uh, the phrase from the Hitchhiker to the Universe: uh, mm-hmm. "Don't panic." It's important, yeah, and and uh, be proactive and yeah, start now to change yourself. I think that's important and to change your way how to think about uh, finance and uh, start to learn. Thank you, Peter. And Birgit, I saved 45 seconds for you. You can squeeze 60 seconds out of them if you really want to. Give me your prediction, Birgit. Go. <laughs> Hmm. It's really how, how, how fast can I talk, right? <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with both Peter and Julian. I think, um, yeah, the time is ripe for finance. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's becoming a more attractive field um, because it is actually something now that's more forward-looking, more strategic, and it's being seen as such by folks getting into the finance departments. 
Um, so I would say that you know, change is going to be probably coming faster and slower. And it's interesting that finance is now seems to be some of, one of the first departments to actually adopt the change, which is very interesting. Finance used to be the very last one to want to adopt new technologies. And I'm seeing finance now being on the forefront of adopting new technologies, um, which will make them more strategic. But that means that to be the first department that needs to deal with change management and communications processes. Thank you, Birgit. That's it, dear. (laughs) Julian Delvat at TrueQuad. Julian, you've got somebody at TrueQuad. You are one of your colleagues who has been tweeting, picking up words of wisdom from you and from Peter and from Birgit and (laughs) even from me. And I am so appreciative. I've retweeted a couple of them and I've liked them all. And that just makes me really, really happy. Thank you for that extra engagement on the side of you and your colleagues. Appreciate it. Shout out to Dr. Kai Reinhardt. We sort of heard you for a couple of minutes, Kai. Maybe next time we'll get a better line. Peter T. Rasper at SAP, so happy to meet you and shout out to your colleague Timo who helped get you on the show with us at Birgit Starman's You're My Hero. Thanks for putting together a great panel and for jumping in at the last minute. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thanks for listening. And here's my shout out. Fasten your seatbelt. What in the world are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Julian Delvat at Truqua, just like Peter T. Rasper at SAP, and of course, just like Birgit Starman's. Have a great day, everyone. Be back tomorrow with Coffee Break with Game Changers at 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Business Channel. Have a great one. And shout out to Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire. You are extraordinaire, Aaron. Bye-bye.